1: you are locked on magic your daily podcast on the orlando magic part of the locked on podcast network your team every day
0: and you are indeed locked on magic today is august 10th 2017 my name is Philip i'm the expert and site editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com we've officially hit the dead point of the NBA offseason uh, and uh, they there you know we can pretty much uh, talk about the team as a whole and so I wanted to bring in our good pal Zach Palmer staff writer at orlandomagicdaily.com and talk about the offseason as a whole Zach how are you doing today what are you doing what are you doing to kill the time right now before training before Eurobasket and training camp starts?
1: Oh, it's football time, Phil. It's football time. <laughs> Up until basketball starts, we're in the dead period right now. I mean, I'm waiting for some two-way uh, contract news, but I feel like the team's going to wait a little bit for that. So other than that, just football.
0: Yeah, it sounds like the Magic are going to going to save their two-way contracts for after training camp. Uh, but we'll talk a little bit about that later on in the show. Uh, you're you're a Cowboys guy, right?
1: That is correct. I am a Cowboys uh, fan. How,
0: how are the Cowboys looking? Uh, Dak, Dak, well, and Dak and Zeke, right?
1: Yeah, well, as long as people stop doing dumb stuff and get suspended <laughs> for being knuckleheads, they might be all right. <laughs>
0: That's always a problem. Uh, it's, it feels like that feels like it's a college, more of a college thing, but uh, yeah, yes, you got You got to take, got to take care, got to take care of yourself. You're not, you're no use if you're not on the field. Uh, Absolutely. But let's 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 turn our attention over to to the basketball courts uh, for just a moment. It, it's been uh, an interesting summer for the Orlando Magic. I think a little bit more interesting than we all we all thought it would be. Uh, you know, new, new management, obviously, uh, got a high draft pick, more active in free agency than we all thought. Well, what are your general, I guess, takeaways to start us off on on what the Magic were able to accomplish this, this off season?
1: I would say the biggest thing that, I mean, obviously the front office culture change is probably going to be the biggest thing in the long term, but uh, I just think the general depth of the team is going to be a pretty big difference compared to last season. I wrote something about this a couple of days ago about how the end of the bench this year is actually full of like potential NBA players and players that are able to capably fill in if there's injuries and how previously in the last couple of years we had absolutely no depth to turn to if players as last year, they just didn't perform and there was nobody to turn to. And as the years before, if there were injuries, you didn't really have any capable guys to turn to. So I think this year when you see like the end of the bench is like a flaw low, uh, Spades, and I mean, DJ Augustine now is potentially your third point guard. I mean, that's that's actually a fairly decent depth in case you were to get injured.
0: Yeah, and I, I think that was a really, really good point to bring up. I mean, you look at the Magic now, they have a 15-player roster, a full roster right now, and their third unit, so to speak, uh, if my computer will load my depth chart here, their, like their third unit Spates, is Birch. Augustin, Awundu, Hazonia, Birch, Spates. Uh, yep. And obviously, you're exactly. not going to have a 15 man rotation, but you know, Augustin had a bad year last year, but he's proven himself. He is an NBA player, and Wondu's a promising young player. Zonia is every Magic fan's obsession, apparently, uh, and <laughs> a former fifth overall pick, so he's got talent. Kem Birch is was a EuroLeague superstar, and Maurice Bates, uh we a lot of people know what he can do, but you look at this Magic team, and I think compared to last year when. That second unit was what uh, Augustine, Jeff Green, Mario Azonia sure. uh, Bismack B- Bismack Biombo, Who put, I mean, who was the back of four? Even Jeff Green, probably Jeff Green. There, it. it Jeff. Uh, you know, you got Arinze Onwaku as a as a Ugh. as a free agent signee. Damian Rudez, C J. Watson, C J. Watson, like.
1: CJ Wilcox, CJ
0: Wilcox. I mean, it. it Stephen Zimmerman. Stephen Zimmerman. Oh, yeah. Oh my goodness. Um, the new newest Los Angeles Laker. Uh, another <laughs> another former Magic center becoming a Los Angeles Laker. I can't believe that just dawned on me right now. Oh, they can have that one. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. Uh. But like, yeah, you can obviously see there's there's definitely a major upgrade in talent. Uh, to the team, and 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 you know, I think one of the things that that Magic fans have been holding on to as a a sign of hope was that the starting lineup after the all-star break last year had a positive net rating. They were a better they were playing like at least a five hundred team. Uh, but the bench was just terrible. And it, it felt like it feels like now with the group of Shelvin Mack, Jonathan Simmons, Aaron Afro, Jonathan Isaac, Bismack, Biombo, four of those five guys are new to the team, that the Magic did bolster that bench to give that starting lineup maybe the chance to actually win games this year rather than, you know, have to come from behind constantly in the third and fourth quarters.
1: Yeah. I I like to think that, you know, I don't know if necessarily you want that exact second group coming out because I feel, I feel like that's a lot of defense and not a lot of offense, which I guess is better than nothing, which was coming out last year. Isn't that the whole team? (laughs) Yeah. That's, that's a fair point to make too. Um, but, like, I think even if you just switched Biombo with Vucevic, I think that bolsters a lot of scoring for the second unit, and the first unit's not really affected by the fact that they don't have an additional scorer on the floor. So hopefully that's the way the Magic would go about it, because I think that would help balance out the lineups a lot. But it's just nice to see that, like, if you had somebody like uh, Vuce or Biz go down, you have Maurice Spates to play and not, like, Steven Zimmerman. That's, that's a pretty significant upgrade. You have a guy that's going to, all right, I'm not gonna lie, like he's not gonna play very much defense, and he's not like the most fantastic rebounder. But if you, you can't leave him open because he'll make a shot, which that's an up that's that's an improvement from where we were at before. So that's that's always nice to have something like that in your team. You got Cam Birch too, who could come in and potentially play backup five. Don't really want him to play four because I don't think they have the spacing sure. to pull that off. Sure. But I think I mean putting him with Isaac. On the floor at the same time would be an interesting defensive.
0: It's a lot of length, like, on the floor. lineup. Yeah, that's a lot on
1: the of length and athleticism. So I, I like that. There's, it's nice to see that the Magic are trying to modernize the team this year as opposed to last year too. So hopefully it'll pay dividends this year. I, I imagine they'll be much more competitive.
0: Yeah, and, and I, I mean I think that that's definitely a, a huge thing to, to be able to kind of withstand. I mean the Magic didn't face a lot of injuries last year, but uh, to withstand to be able to withstand that to, to try different things. I mean I think. Even at points last year, C.J. Watson was playing. Two Jeff Green started a game at, at shooting guard, and it's just yeah. like there was nothing else to try. Like it was, like, it was bad. The starters were the starters because the bench could wasn't any better, and you couldn't shuffle around the bench to, to try anything. About the only thing Frank Vogel didn't try was playing Mario a major minutes until the end of the season. Uh, but uh, you know, I we've, we've sat here and. and I think talked before in previous years about the magic having improved depth. And even last year, I think a lot of us believe like, okay, there's, there's, there's a 10, there's a clear two deep and there's at least a 10 man rotation. And obviously a lot of players didn't perform to expectations and and the pieces didn't fit together at all. Uh, But does, does, does the teams for, I mean, we'll talk, we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about the versatility, but does that versatility that, you know, Simmons can play the two or the three? a uh, Aflalo can play the two or the three, Isaac can pretty much play the three, four, you know, some people even say the five. Hisonia can play a bunch of different positions. A so one dude, do, does that does that bench versatility? Do, is that really the big dif- the big difference here? That there, there are just a lot more options available to the magic now?
1: Well, I think options are a huge thing because last year, like you were referring to before, like the magic everyone believed were too deep. Well, when half of those guys that were supposedly too deep end up playing like they shouldn't be in the nba and you've got guys that shouldn't be in the nba on the roster to replace them for presence reasons uh it doesn't turn out so great so it's nice now that this time if you had you know say let's say we start mario this year or i mean he starts in the rotation this year as like the backup shooting guard and he ends up you know shooting like 10 percent from three again and it's like, all right, well, sorry, Mario. Like this time, we don't we don't have to turn to C.J. Wilcox because he wasn't gonna help you very much. But this time, we've got Aaron follow and Aaron Flalo, I think, shot 41% from three last year. It um, was not a high volume, but I'll still take 41% from three, and I know he can hit from the corner. So, uh, I mean, that's just it's nice to have that ability. And I think, like you said, versatility, two, three, four. I'm not as big a believer in, in, as in positional as basketball as other people are, because I think obviously there are still positions, but yeah, there are guys that are fluid. And depending on matchups, you could potentially play even smaller at the four with Mario. I still don't like Mario at the four. I think yeah, that was still I, a bad I, plan, but.
0: I think that was just the excuse to get him on the floor and not hurt He the wasn't team Jeff as Green. Much. No, he wasn't Jeff he wasn't, Green. I mean, so yeah.
1: there there was that. But besides that, yeah, I mean, that's, that, that, that's what happens when Dom mm-hmm. Rudez is your other. Four, I you get, guess. You get put, you you get put in that.
0: bad situations. That that is for sure.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And uh, like I said, I think they've done a lot better uh, job this year filling out the roster. And like you said, it's fifteen deep. Yeah, not everybody's going to be like a superstar or great player. Probably have no superstars, but at least they're fifteen probably NBA players on the roster as opposed to like eight. Uh, you,
0: you you noted you noted in there about the kind of the the, the presence uh, issue. Uh, you know, it, it, there, there there, definitely is something to be said about having veteran presence in the locker room and on the team. Absolutely, And yeah. and, and definitely the Magic went that direction last year. I think a lot of us, I, I certainly did, I, I expected the Magic to kind of try and fill out their roster more with young players, um, get, kind of give guys a, a chance. Um, and I think that's why we put a little bit more emphasis on Summer League this year. Uh, but obviously the team went the other direction. They went out and got a lot of, veteran players. I mean, Aaron Aflalo, at the minimum, feels like a steal. Maurice Spates, at the minimum, feels like a steal. Uh, And that pushed out some younger players that the Magic might have been looking at, including Marcus Georges Hunt. What do you think about the way the Magic approached this summer adding veterans? Is it just a matter of these guys came at a really incredible value and they can contribute far beyond what their contract is worth? Or, like, how do you, I guess... I guess, what were your expectations for how the Magic would fill out this roster, and, and then were you surprised by how they eventually did?
1: Yeah, I mean, I was. You know, I have to agree. I, I assumed that they were going to go younger because I thought that's the way they ran team. But I guess if they were going to do that, I, they probably would have kept all their picks. Now, if you think back sure. on it, I mean, why not carry all the picks if you're going to do that? Um, but they end up with two guys that I think are pretty good value as far as Spates in the fall go, and I think they will contribute in the locker room too and I think the biggest thing is just that two guys that are veterans that have been playing and even as of last year it played very important roles on pretty what was it Spates was on the Clippers so they were a good team and a flaws on the Kings they were garbage but they played minutes they played a big role and I think the biggest thing is that they're creating competition with those other younger guys that are currently in place and they're going to push them and if those other younger guys don't produce they're going to just push right out of a job and i think that's actually a good thing because i think under hennigan maybe there was too much of the coddling of the young players as far as just letting them take minutes like yeah they signed ronnie price to really like like replace alfred payton like no one no one b- believes that ronnie price was gonna replace alfred payton let I me mean, like cj no, watson no like
0: cj watson was going to eat
1: Exactly, yeah, and C.J. Watson was always going to be the backup, and that turned out far worse than anyone could have imagined because C.J. wasn't able to make it back from injury very well, but, like, no one believed it. We knew Alfred Payton was going to be the point guard every year, and there was nowhere to turn. I mean, I don't think Sheldon Mack's necessarily going to push Alfred out this year, but just, you know, I mean, if Bismack Biombo can't play defense and can't catch the ball, like, I wouldn't be shocked to see Marie Spates take a spot in the rotation.
0: Yeah, and I mean, I think, I think that is a really good point that, you know, there are – there are five guys who are ready to step up and, and, and in really any position, like everything is going to be a battle. And I, I do think, you know, to some extent, iron sharpens iron. So if, if these players are as good as we anticipate and if the competition and practices are as good as we anticipate they will be, uh, I do think that will make the team better in the long run. And, and obviously, you know, like, like I said at the at the top of the show, last year's bench was just so bad. Like if... if, yeah. if if the Magic had even a mediocre net rating off their bench last, last at the end of the All Star after the All Star break last year, that team's winning more than the eight games they won after after the All Star break, uh, more than the eight eight out of the twenty four because it, that that the starting unit did play a little bit better than than their record indicated.
1: I and I think like and I and I don't want to say this for sure, but I want to say it was like three of the twenty worst players and like box plus minus or something like that were on the magic bench i think it was mario was last and then there was i want to say jeff green and dj were up there too and like Wouldn't the worst me. players yeah and it was just like that's having that off one that having that off one bench is pretty insane like that's pretty tough to do and those guys were all playing a lot of minutes
0: yeah, yeah, I mean, for sure. And, and you know, obviously I've, I've talked about it a little bit here, but, you know, you add in a guy like Jonathan Simmons, I think a lot of a lot of Magic fans already expect Simmons to push for starters minutes or push for starting role. And, and I, I definitely think that there's a possibility that he will get there or that, you know, camp is going to determine who starts among Fournier, Ross, and Simmons, and maybe even a follow for, for the, the – I, I kind of doubt a follow, but maybe a follow. Yeah. Uh, as far as who starts at the wing positions at the two and the three. Uh but you know I I I've been touting this stat the stat a lot about the the way the starters play. That's Peyton Fournier, Ross, Gordon, Vucevic. Uh had had a 112 offensive rating and about a 110 defensive rating. Their net rating was plus one point four, which is very, very good. In four hundred and ten minutes you know, a plus 1.4 net rating, that's about a 500 team if, if they could play all 48 minutes at, at the same same rate. How much do you, I mean, how much do you believe in what we saw at the end of last season carrying over to this season and becoming something that, that can be sustainable now that they've had an off season to to know what Vogel's going to do and, and then eventually September, a September open run, open gym to begin figuring out how to play with each other again?
1: I mean, I believe in it a lot if they continue to push the pace and be an up-tempo team, and that's their identity. Uh, If they decide not to do that, then, I mean, they're going to be in the same boat they were last year where they're going to be really terrible until they decide to run because they don't have half-court players still. And until they get actual half-court scores, it's going to be a tough uh, year for them Mm -hmm. until they do that. So I would definitely keep pushing the pace. If they do that, they'll be fine. Um, And hopefully with the improved bench depth that we were just talking about, that pushes them into, you know, a decent record. And again, I I, I want to say too, in that same, the same kind of lineup, the starters, but with Biz and instead of Vooch, I think was only like a minus 0.08 or something like that as well. So like they're I think that all that stuff's interchangeable. And I think that if, as long as you can strengthen the bench while you're at it, like, I think there's a pretty good chance that the Magic could be at least competing for a 500 record, which in this year's East should be probably a playoff spot.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's it's it's. I feel like it's such a it's so hard to get a get a handle on who this Magic team's going to be, because they didn't change the starting lineup, and and I think, you know, the after the All Star break that that was an eight and sixteen team. That's a three thirty three win percentage. That's twenty seven mm-hmm. wins in an eighty two game season. That's not good mm-hmm. enough. But at the same no. time, like that group played really really well together, and it was very clear just watching the team that they were a better team, and so. Like, I want to believe in it, but I also know that that's a smaller sample size. You know, 410 minutes is decent, but not a huge sample size.
1: Uh,
0: And other teams are going to now know what's coming. And so just how much is Aaron Gordon going to improve? How much is Terrence Ross going to improve? There's still no spacing on the floor. Uh, Is a better bench, you know, going to make this team significantly better? Um, You know, I think the Magic are better today than they were in April, but... At the same time, how much better are they from a 29-win team? Like I, I, I'm beginning to target and say if they can get back to the 35-win level that they worked at two years ago, that would be a really good step, step forward for this team and kind of get them back to maybe where they were before. And so now they can start building, you know, and, and sort of the same way that they were before. Obviously, there's going to be some new contracts passed out in the meantime, and a lot of guys have to kind of prove their worth now to, to new management. Uh, So I I like that the magic focused on their bench and and really seemed to have strengthened their bench. Uh, But I still think there are a lot of questions about this team. And, and, and as I've told a lot of people, I think it's okay to be cautiously optimistic, but, but I'm not expecting, I'm not, I'm not even going to flirt with 40 wins until, until I see this team play on the floor again.
1: And I think that 35 is a lot more realistic than 40. Um, just it's hard for a team to reverse fortune but it's very rare that a team reverses fortune so drastically in the year i i do think that the bench was exceptionally bad last year so it's possible that they could turn it around but yeah i think that as long as they don't uh, force bad lineups on the floor like they did last year and continue to ram their head against the wall i think that's going to help a lot too so hopefully they like said they just and they, and with the east being a lot weaker too. I mean, that should rack them with a few more wins as well. Especially with the Hawks. I mean, that should be four games that they take. Like that's yeah. the Hawks are really not good right now. The
0: Hawks are the Hawks are gonna. I mean, I'm not a Dennis Schroeder guy, so I'm I'm much lower on the Hawks than a lot of people. And I'm a knows? Dwayne
1: Dedman guy, but not not enough. Yeah, not he's, enough he's, he's that. not
0: gonna. He's he's not. Uh, Dwight's still <laughs> Dwight, but he's Dwayne Dwayne Dedman's not even Dwight. Uh, but. Um, yeah, I know. It's it's definitely a different landscape in the East. Um, there's definitely opportunity there. Uh, I don't think the number is going to be as low as ESPN projected uh, using uh, real plus minus. But oh, what uh, was it? They they projected 35 wins gets gets you into the playoffs in the East. Wow. Ooh, jeez. It, it, it that has, seems tough. It has not been thir- the, the the that is that would be the worst win win percentage for a team making the playoffs since the Boston Celtics in 1995.
1: Yeah, I'm going to probably have fight. to say that's not I'm going to say that's not going to be happening. I think Philly could easily surpass that. I think I'm, Philly and Orlando are probably the people fighting for the last seed, so
0: I'm I'm putting the over under at 38. I think 38, that sounds about I think right. 38 is going to be the number. Um but it's, it's it's I mean the East is fascinating cuz uh, pretty much Chicago, Atlanta, Indiana, are all are all out, or you can you can you open up their playoff spots from last year. I think the other yeah. and then the other teams. Brooklyn's right
1: there, at there too.
0: Yeah, and and I think Charlotte, Charlotte, I think definitely gets one of those spots because Charlotte I'd just agree. had wicked bad luck last year, and I I, think I they feel like got better. Great
1: off season too, like, in my season. opinion.
0: Um, and then uh, I I still like Miami. Um, I think there's there are still questions about whether they can play at that crazy level they played at, at in the second half of last season again. But yeah,
1: I mean, I I like Miami too. I, would I think, pencil them like, in,
0: and then I yeah, think, exactly.
1: At least over to the teams yeah. like the Magic and Sixers, and then
0: and then that eight seed I think is going to be a free for all between Detroit, uh, Philadelphia, Orlando, uh, probably. I don't think maybe I'd go pro- I maybe the Knicks. Yeah, I'd put the Knicks in as long as Carmelo Anthony is still there. Uh, I'm not ready to say Brooklyn quite yet, although I think they they're probably. I like gonna, Brooklyn though. I do
1: I do like them. Like
0: yeah, no, they're they're going to be they're going to be it's 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 the the race in the Eastern Conference is going to be fascinating. I think we said that we probably said this last year where spots set, I think it was seven through thir- seven through twelve or thirteen we all thought was just going to be up in the air, like who knows what's going to happen. I think that yeah. is especially true this year, just because every single one of these teams we're talking about, you know, to some level. They could all win 38, 39, 40 games and make the playoffs comfortably. Or they could, win all, like or they could all win like 25 and be terrible.
1: Yeah. That's, that's it's going to be intense to see how that goes down because there's so much variation along all those teams this year.
0: Yeah, and it's going to be about who gets hot at the right time.
1: Before we dive
0: any deeper into free agency here with Zach Palmer, let's take a quick break and say a word from our good pals over at SeatGeek. The NBA schedule is coming out eventually, and we'll have a magic schedule, and you'll want to know where to get the best tickets. And I'm telling you, the best place to buy tickets to sports and concerts is SeatGeek. Buying tickets to sports and concerts can be complicated, but there is a better, simpler way to buy with SeatGeek. SeatGeek is the smartest, easiest way to get tickets to live events. With SeatGeek's seamless mobile experience, you can buy and sell tickets in just two taps. It is literally that easy. And SeatGeek helps you find the best seats at the best prices, fully guaranteed. There is nothing quite like seeing your favorite team or musician in person, and SeatGeek will get you closer to the action for a great value. I have the SeatGeek app on my phone, and it's by far the easiest way I've found to shop for tickets. I can be anywhere, and with just a few taps, I can instantly find seats. I'm actually going to use the SeatGeek app. I'm actually heading out of town again later this month. Don't worry, won't miss any more episodes. But I'm going to a, a baseball game again. And, the best pla- and I know that the best place for me to get tickets and for me and my party to get tickets is on SeatGeek. And I plan to uh, use the guides that they have to find the best seats. It's also a great place to sell tickets if you're looking to sell tickets. I've never had any issues uh, buying and selling uh, tickets on SeatGeek. And it's my go-to place when I need tickets to a game. And that's because SeatGeek is designed to make your ticket buying experience easier than ever. SeatGeek saves you time and money by searching multiple ticket sites, multiple ticket sites to compare prices and find amazing deals. And to get you the most bang for your buck, SeatGeek grades every ticket based on value to help you immediately identify the best seats that fit your budget. Plus, every purchase is fully guaranteed so you can shop for tickets on SeatGeek with confidence. Make SeatGeek your go-to app for finding the best deals on every type of ticket, from sports and concerts to comedy and theater. Best of all, my listeners get $20 off their first SeatGeek purchase. Just download the SeatGeek app and enter promo code LONBA today. That's promo code LONBA for a $20 rebate off your first SeatGeek purchase. Uh, let's let's turn our attention back to the magic roster, and just talk about some of the some of the newcomers. And and, and I think one of the one of the guys that a lot of a lot of fans were excited about. Um, they targeted him at the beginning of the off and I kind of poo-pooed pr- 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 them away and said he's going to cost too much money. Uh, but Jonathan Simmons I, is a, I, he could be a real impact signing. What 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 are your impressions on on Simmons and what what he can bring to this team?
1: Well, I would first like to say that that contract is fantastic because yeah. we we made jokes. I uh, mean, a couple other people on Twitter made jokes about, oh, the Magic are going to you know sign another playoff performer and overpay him like Biznec Biombo. And I was like, oh, no, the Magic are signing Jonathan Simmons. How much? And then you see the contract number. You're like, oh, that's actually pretty good. I'm pretty pleased with how Declining that's going to go. Declining, too. Front row. Yeah, yeah. Um, but he's a really tough defensive player on the perimeter, which the Magic, well, previously – what Aaron Gordon was and he plays power forward. So that's not a, that's not an ideal spot for your best perimeter player to be, defender to be on. Um, he's so he's tough and he's going to play a lot of defense. I think, you know, if the magic do play up tempo, he's going to be, there are going to be a couple of nice highlights and I'm sure Alfred's going to throw him a few nice lobs. Um, but as far as like actual, I see a lot of people saying, Oh, he can score. Um, I don't think that's the role you want him in. And I don't think the magic should ask him to do that. And I'm guessing, based on his contract, not many teams thought that he could do that. So, I mean, he can cut to the basket fairly well. Um, his shooting abandoned him last season on a much higher volume than the season before. So I don't know if this, where his shooting is. And you have to think that in San Antonio, if your shooting is not great there, that's not going to improve in Orlando. Um, so I think Jonathan Simmons is going to be a very good add as far as bringing toughness and depth and actual NBA talent to the team. Um, But I don't think like some people do that he's going to be like one of their best players. I mean, he's probably maybe their sixth best player on the team. I mean, but it's a great contract and that's kind of, it's nice to have a role player on a role player contract for once and not a role player on a superstar contract.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And and I think, I think that's, that's a really, all really good points. I mean, he's, he's going to bring it defensively. And I think that's really, really key for, for this team uh, that, that he is a just, kind of a, a, a an identity setter defensively. Yeah. Like he, he is not going to, I mean, hopefully he'll feel comfortable enough not to tolerate guys not playing their hardest because he plays his hardest. I mean, even, you know, some of it might be disappointed with how his contract negotiations turned out because I think he expected to make a lot more money. But when he met with the media in Orlando, he was still saying, I got to put food on my, my kid's family, you know, on my kid's table, on my Maybe. family's table. Yeah. And well, like, that sounds really, really callous coming from a guy who's going to make six point three million dollars this year, uh, and yeah, it, it does sound a little tone deaf. But that's the mentality he's always had to have playing in this league, because because nothing yeah. was really guaranteed to him until this year. So if, if he keeps that mentality, he's going to be uh, a, a a dog. I mean, like just someone who's going to have like I mean, keeping that metaphor keep hound people and make their lives okay. miserable, which is exactly what you're signing him for.
1: So, and the Magic need that pretty bad. They need people to get into other people's face and just be – I mean he could be a leader on the team. He could be the leader of the team really. Yeah. Uh, he he is, seemed to be pretty vocal in San Antonio, so – uh, the Magic could definitely use that kind of player, and maybe you know, maybe him being able to play perimeter defense will actually help Biz block shots because people won't have free lanes to the rim.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think that's that's definitely definitely an interesting thing to to think about too. And it it feels like to me um that that the Magic are bringing him in to expand his role as a sixth man almost. I, I, I'm not ready to pencil him into the starting lineup, although I think he's again, it's going to be a huge competition.
1: Competition yeah. um,
0: between probably him and Ross more than in more than Fournier just because of salary concerns, uh, and yeah. Fournier is the team's returning leading scorer. But uh, but I think that Simmons is someone who could benefit from it from an expanded role. We saw what he did with the Spurs in the playoffs last year with a bigger role. Um, he can put up points quickly. Uh, he is definitely someone who can who he gets hot and scores very uh, scores a bunch of points very quickly. Uh, but obviously the numbers uh, for shooting aren't fantastic. He only averaged six points per game um, both both years, essentially, that he's played in the NBA. So not, I think everyone's really excited about Simmons because they got him on such a good deal. But at the same time, he also... You know, you might want to slow the breaks down a little bit on him and recognize that he's still you know, kind of has to find his way in the NBA and he's never been asked to do. I think what the magic are going to ask him to do this year.
1: Yeah, I think that's pretty fair. Um, The thing is too, and like people don't take into account enough that like playing for the Spurs is going to make you probably look better than you are. Yes. Uh, And the fact that, I mean, Simmons wasn't fantastic with the Spurs and that the Spurs didn't really feel like they needed to bring him back for that a price might be a little bit of a concern. I mean, I guess they have proper replacements, but, you know, just to, just to temper expectations. Like I think Simmons will be fine. I think he'll be a very solid player for the magic, but I just don't think, you know, don't expect 15 points per game from the dude I just, just expect good defense and maybe like, you know, maybe 10 points per game and that that's good enough for me. That would
0: be, and that would be, you know, for that, I mean, for that contract, that would be really good value still. Um, and I, I think I think there's definitely a lot of excitement about the value he brings. Uh, do you, looking at looking at Simmons, let's say Simmons is that, that he is you know kind of everything we, we expect him to be, Does it make sense to move him, I mean, we're talking a hypothetical here. Does yeah. it make sense to move him into the starting lineup over a guy like Terrence Ross? I mean, I know you, I know you've talked about maybe having Ross come off the bench a role that he's probably a little bit more comfortable in. He can be more of a featured scorer. You add a little bit more defense, perimeter defense especially, to that starting lineup. Is that, is that something you, you think the Magic should default to, or, or what would it take for Simmons to, to supplant one of the two guys in the starting lineup?
1: I think it's pretty clear to me at least that Evan Fourney is not going to be the guy that gets knocked out of the starting lineup, so it would definitely be at the expense of Terrence Ross. Um I think it really comes down to honestly, do you wanna move Simmons into the starting lineup to play with Vucevic, or would you rather move Vucevic out of the starting lineup to play on the bench with all of the other deficient, more deficient Orlando offensive players? Um Biz gets exposed when he doesn't play with other relatively decent offensive he players. Shoot, he and needs shooters around him. Yeah, he needs otherwise they're just to space.
0: Congest space. He needs
1: what Biz is good for is offensive rebounding and putting back dunks and catching lobs and when you don't have any space on the floor and everyone's in the paint and everyone's bouncing around like you've basically taken away all of what Biz is good at um, and I think a lot of that too you want re- you might want to rebuild Biz's value by starting them and-, and making them look better and hope that you know when there's only one year on his contract you can get rid of it um, but as far as like I think that's your big toss up between Ross uh, going to the bench or Vucevic going to the bench because I think you just want to stagger and balance lineups a little bit better that way
0: yeah, and that, and that was definitely a problem that we all noticed last year. And, and and I think a fair criticism of Frank Vogel, even to his time with, with Indiana, was he was always a little slow Stubborn. to change his rotations. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and last year, we were all—I mean, last year, after the All-Star break, I and just about everyone else was just begging him, stagger his starters, make sure at least one starter was in with the bench unit. We could all see it, and it just— it happened one game, and it just didn't did, really yeah. happen. He stuck to a 10-man rotation, which they did that it team was not good enough like, for. I mean, we talked for a long time about how bad the bench was last year.
1: Yeah, they did it for, like, I think it was, like, three games because one of the wings was hurt. And I think they just played a three-man wing rotation of Mario, Ross, and uh, Evan. And they so one of the wings was one of either uh, Ross or Fournier was always in. And that, I mean, that team was a lot more balance just with that and you know the dudes were gassed because they were playing like 38 minutes a game 38 minutes a game and mario's getting like 20 something but i mean it was still significantly better than uh you know just going full bench especially since the magic had like cj watson as your shooting guard off the bench sometimes which was not great since he couldn't shoot
0: yeah and that's obviously definitely the, the benefit of what the magic have um, you know the other big, the other big move that the Magic made this off season was drafting Jonathan Isaac with the sixth overall pick. Uh, not the pick we were all. I mean, I think a lot of us were down to Dennis Smith Jr. or Jonathan Isaac. Uh, let's yeah. I- let's ignore what Dennis Smith did at summer league because it, it made everyone uh, flood my uh, flood my inbox and just say oh the Magic made a huge mistake and I'd be like I mean I would the kids play. I would have picked Smith too, but. But I'm not I don't think you should overreact to summer League stuff. Uh, what, what did you think of Jonathan Isaac in Summer League, uh, and, and what do you anticipate him bringing to the team this
1: year? Well, first of all, I want to point out that I was absolutely devastated that he was hurt and could not play those games because those games became significantly less watchable once he was gone. <laughs> yes, um, and, 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 but, he got, and he
0: got hurt during his best game. like he was yeah, absolutely. he was like he, killing it that last he game. got what, nine points got, in, the first, yeah, in the first quarter like, and a
1: half? that's one of the things that was really noticeable he got progressively better each one of those games and even from game one when he was a little bit slow to start he was just a monster on defense like this dude knows how to play defense he knows how to make every extra effort he needs to he knows when he needs to hedge he knows when he needs to recover he knows when he needs to to do everything like he does like he very rarely makes defensive mistakes and there's never really an effort concern. And that's something the magic don't normally have, but like, I remember this one play and it was, uh, I think it was, he picks up a guard and a guard. It was G- a the small small, Yeah. Covell,
0: yeah. Who's who I think and signed he, a two way contract somewhere.
1: He did. Yeah. With the Mavericks, I think, or something like somewhere. that. And yeah. And he does the turnaround jumper and Isaac sticks with him and just swats him, and then hits the coast, coast to coast or whatever on the, on the other end. But, like, that's exactly, that was, like, the epitome of what Isaac was drafted for, right? there, all in one play. And and I think that, like, the kid's 19, I think, he's going to just get better. He's going to fill out. I don't know how much he's going to fill out. Like, if we're realistic, he's probably not going to fill out like Giannis did. Most guys that, or Giannis, sorry, Giannis did. Um, Most guys don't fill out that way that have that build. They usually stay a little lanky, but.
0: That didn't stop I mean, Kevin Durant. Not that Isaac's Kevin Durant.
1: But. Exactly, yeah. I never stopped Durant. And I and I think, too, though, Isaac's a little bit more – obviously. I think he's more of an interior player mm-hmm. um, as far as where he's going to be pigeonholed at this point in his career because I think his jump shot is, is a little bit slow and he's going to need more space and hopefully guys that are bigger are going to sag off of him. But I think the fact that he's going to be playing your backup power forward this year is going to be huge because you're getting – you're going from Aaron Gordon to Jonathan Isaac. You're not getting a huge drop off in defense, and like I don't want to hype the kid up too much, but you might actually be getting a little bit better on defense because Isaac's a little bit. Isaac's a superior interior defender, yeah. To Aaron, Gordon. and and, 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 I don't think, and a rebounder.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. No, Isaac. Isaac had some really. I mean, he still got muscled around a little bit uh, during the summer league games, but he had some great rebounds in space. In, the boy in space. is long. Yeah. He can, he can about, get boards,
1: and, and he's athletic. And I, it's going to help him a lot, too, to play with NBA players to get more garbage points because he was getting a lot of garbage points in Summer League. And you're going to get a lot more garbage points when you're playing with actual NBA players that are going to draw some attention. And I, I w- I'm i not going to be shocked if he ends up s- dipping into the minutes at the wing and at the power forward this year. And I think people talk about him playing small ball center, like maybe against Draymond. But like I don't really see any other center that he's gonna I mean Tristan Thompson would absolutely just shove him under the basket. Yeah. The
0: bigger center Tristan Thompson's not big.
1: Yeah. And Tristan Thompson's not even that big. Like Andre Drummond would just ruin his life. Oh yeah. So I mean, I think I would temper the center part of it right now, but he was a great pick and like people again, you were talking about how people hyped up Dennis Smith. I'm like, all right, dude, I knew Dennis Smith was gonna tear up Summer League because I watched Dennis Smith play in college. Like that was gonna be where he tore it up. But like if we're gonna be honest if we're going to be honest, it's not like Dennis Smith was playing any defense because he was pretty bad at defense in the Summer League, just like you imagined. And Jonathan Isaac was extremely good at defense, just like you imagined. So I feel like they played the exact way that you thought they'd play. I guess it's really just pick your poison. Do you want an offensive player? It's just which or
0: one Drake
1: silence. Um, but yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, and, and I – go ahead. I just – it's just a point I like. Again, people like I get that people think that Dennis Smith was a better fit because I, I would agree that he made more sense to the roster construction, but like the Magic are obviously creating an identity of they want long athletes that can play defense and switch and have skills. Like Wesley Wundu is like a, an extremely destitute man's version of Jonathan Isaac, if we're being <laughs> completely honest. So like I think that's obviously where they're going. With the team, and Jonathan Simmons even kind of fits a kind of do it all gadget guy that can, you know, do a little bit of everything and can switch into that stuff. So I think we they've gotten identity uh, as far as how they they formed on defense. And, you know, I think he fits that better than Dennis Smith is because Dennis Smith would have been a one position defender. So it's good for that. And I think there's a couple guys on the Magic right now that don't fit that mold. And I want to be shocked to see those guys leave sometime in during the season via trade, but. Jonathan Isaac's going to be good and I think we should not freak out about Dennis Smith having a good summer league.
0: Yeah, and and I mean I think uh, the thing the thing with Isaac is he's still developing offensively. Is, so his defense is well ahead of his offense as as you noted. Yeah. Uh he still got I mean but you could see as his confidence grew, how much more aggressive he got and and just how how willing he was to 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 force the issue. So he's he's not going to be the the dynamic scorer that that Smith is not yet. But no. he's still going to do a lot of different things. And and I think, I, I mean, honestly, I think the Isaac pick came down to what you mentioned, and that's that building of an identity. Uh, and, and you could see that in, and I think all the long-term signings that Magic made this summer between Shelvin Mack, Jonathan Simmons, Jonathan Isaac, and, and even Wesley Awundu, is they all fit that particular style of long, a, a long for their position. So they're able to play defense. Uh, and, and and play multiple positions and multiple lineups and, and give the coach different options for how he can construct his rotation and his team. Uh, and so I think with that understanding, it's much clearer why the Magic went in the Jonathan Isaac direction uh, that they did in the draft. And of course, it's all going to be up to, to him and his development determining how he ultimately fits into the league. Um, and, and I think, you know, it's still going to be a big question whether him and Aaron Gordon fit together too. And, and, and I'm curious what you think about how Aaron Gordon now fits, because if Isaac's playing the backup four, that's obviously a bit of a threat to Gordon and his development because you know eventually maybe you want Isaac and Gordon playing the three and the four, and, and they're just switching and causing chaos everywhere defensively on the perimeter. But what, what, where does this leave Aaron Gordon now uh, entering this contract year for him?
1: Yeah, so there's the issue that I run into there. Um, I am pretty confident that both of those players are currently best at playing power forward, and I don't know. I mean, for Aaron Gordon, uh, this is where I go into my rant about how positionless basketball doesn't exist. Aaron Gordon is a power forward, and he does not play the other two spots that would require your supposed positionless basketball to be. So, um, Jonathan Isaac right now, I think, is a power forward, but with some potential development, he could potentially play the three if he develops some skills in shooting, and he could potentially play the five with some added strength. So I think it's going to depend on how Isaac develops. Uh, I don't think you pull a trigger on any Gordon deal at all. I think you hold on to him as he is currently your best player, um, and it would be kind of weird to ditch him real quick and be like, oh, hey, look, Isaac looks like he's good, but... Let's make sure we get of Aaron Gordon. I mean, you really can't have too many good players and guys that are able to switch on defense. I mean, you can f- find a way to make it work. Just, just find a way to make it work. And I, like I said, I, I think the biggest thing is just we'll see how Isaac develops. Just make sure you get Gordon locked up long-term.
0: Yeah, it's, it's going to be really interesting to see how the Magic handle Aaron Gordon this summer. Restricted
1: um, free agency. Let him go to restricted free agency. That's
0: probably what's going to happen. They're going to probably just say, you know, we need to – I mean, I think Jeff Wellman will be, should be honest with him and say, you know, we know what you've done. You know, we think you're still a really good player. We still really value value you. Uh, but we need to get a better sense of who you are as, as – uh, me as a president of basketball operations – uh, and I want to see what you do. I want you to go out and prove to me that you're worth the max that I'm ready to give you if you have the kind of year that I think you can have. Uh, and, well, and that's, I mean, if that's not a good enough carrot, I don't know what is.
1: Well, and let's just take a little, you know, let's just go back in time a little bit and think. Everyone was freaking out about how the Magic, we're, were going gonna to have to pay Victor Oladipo like a huge max contract to keep him. And based on what we're seeing this summer in a free agency, uh, that max contract... Wasn't going to come from anywhere.
0: I mean, the like, Nets probably would have thrown it at him.
1: I, it they, Would they have thrown it at him after they lost Alan Otto Porter? Because, I mean, I would assume Autoporter Porter does. was definitely the a better player.
0: The restricted free agent market, especially for guys who are question marks.
1: How about yeah, Nerlens Noel? My God, Nerlens I mean, Noel. H- imagine if the Magic hadn't freaking signed Bisnick Biyombo to that contract. Who could be throwing a giant offer sheet at right now that would fit the team's identity really well? I mean, Nerlens Noel yeah. would be perfect on this team. Yeah, he
0: would be. He would be really good as a center on this team. And uh, there's another. Uh, I mean, even I mean, like Nick, I mean Nikola Miritich had a bad year last year, but he still seems like he's a deep. A yeah, it's a surprise, like, yeah. Surprise They're going to end up signing their qualifying offers, like Greg Monroe did.
1: Oh. Nolan's Noel should be smart and sign that qualifying offer because if he has a good season, like I'd expect in that math system, he's going to get maxed the next year because yeah. people are going to just get him.
0: And Gordon is Gordon to me isn't such a I think, but I think Gordon is going to be more in that in the auto quarter category where he
1: who is, has cap space next year though because that's many, my thing. I, teams. Yeah, like, it, the it's thing like is
0: four or five teams.
1: Yeah, the explosion of the cap last year and then all the teams that tied themselves up with it, like it already. We've already sapped up the cap space mostly for the next couple off seasons because it's not accelerating as fast as it was and, during that one year.
0: And that's definitely going to be in the Magic's calculations as they figure out his extension this summer. Uh, but you know, if if he plays how we all kind of anticipate he'll play, the Magic will give him what he what he needs. You not you got to take care of your own guys. You can't. Yeah. You know I mean, like you can't let them get get too far away in their restricted free agency to make you think. Make him think. Oh, they don't really want me. They're just going to match the contract. Like you, you got to show the guy that you want him.
1: Because like, unless unless he's averaging like twenty two and eight this year, I'm not handing him max. But like, yeah, I could I give agree. him an I could give him an Evan Fournier type contract, and I I feel pretty okay with that.
0: Absolutely. I mean, last year, last year after the All Star break, he averaged sixteen point four points per game and six point two rebounds per game. This is a guy who was playing out of position most of last year. Has not had a fully healthy summer in his NBA career, and so I, I still don't think we know exactly how much Aaron Gordon can improve and what he what he can be as a player. Like if if he, I mean, I I think the player will see. I mean, I'm I'm probably more optimistic about Aaron Gordon more than any player on this roster. I think Aaron Gordon oh, yeah. is going to. I, I, I'm not ready to say a leap like Victor Oladipo was supposed to make a leap. But I am very confident that Aaron Gordon is going to be at, at least 15 points per game next year
1: easily. I, I Oh, I, I don't think that's – if they play it up to tempo pace, yeah. like I, I, that's that should be easy. Um, the question is whether he thing, gets his
0: three-point percentage above 30%, which that, I think he yeah, can, but we'll
1: see. It, he's real streaky, so it's very possible that with added practice that it stops being less streaky and more just like, – I mean, if I recall last year, he struggled for like –
0: he had like Four, a run of games, months. yeah. He had yeah, a run of games really where he shot bad. really well. And and I mean, if you're looking for proof that Gordon is is improving with the shooting, shooting, his free throw mid-range. percentage has this and his mid range game and his free throw percentage has jumped up. I mean, the guy. I shot. laugh
1: when people people will always tell you he has not improved his shooting at all, and I'm like, do we only count three point shooting and shooting now? It's like, did the rest yeah. of the shooting disappear? Was that it? My yeah. bad, I, I, I think forgot.
0: Matt Moore. Matt Moore had that string of tweets a, a few weeks back where he looked at Aaron Gordon's shooting. And, you know, when, when Gordon gets into trouble when he dribbles too much. When he makes oh, yeah. a quick move and gets into a shot quickly, it's 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 good. Like, I'm very sure. comfortable with him shooting that mid-range jumper off the dribble, uh, like, off of, like, one or two dribbles.
1: Yeah, just not the thing that he did last year where he kind of freelanced because the Magic offense had no rhyme or reason in the first half of the season yeah. that small forward.
0: Yeah, and, and I think a lot of his athletic advantages are dulled when he played small At, forward because those small four, other small forwards were... Just as quick, just as big.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um,
0: yeah, so it's definitely. Uh, I think Aaron Gordon is definitely the big wild card for this team. If if he has a huge season, things could w- be very, w- very very good for the Magic.
1: I'd also like to point out that the Magic should do the same exact thing with Alfred Payton and definitely not give him an extension because yes, oh, I think he's looking for. I I think he's looking for a pretty decent chunk of money right now, and uh, he isn't. That is anything. not a guy. I'm he's tying my. This. Yeah, he I'm had, not he had, he had good,
0: that. He had a good twenty four game stretch last year. Let's let's see him do it over eighty two. Tri- I mean, triple doubles,
1: Phil. They make you good. Know, that's, know, that's the I new know, rule. I know. Only if you're Westbrook, guys. Only if you're Westbrook.
0: Oh, I mean, he had forty one of them.
1: Yes, that's a lot or more 40, than Alfred Payne has. However,
0: forty <laughs> many of them. Yeah. Um, let's talk about the last uh or, or I guess the the other two free agent moves that the Magic made. Uh Shelvin Mack and Aaron Aflalo. um, Aflalo coming back surprised me, and it also surprised me how much he seemed to just be in love with Orlando. Uh, But obviously the Magic are asking him to do different things this time around than he did the the last time. Uh, But obviously another guy adds a lot of depth, some much-needed shooting too. Uh, Just I mean, to me, I honestly thought they let Aflalo go a year too early. They needed one of Aflalo or Nelson in that locker room. That, that, that yeah. following year, um, obviously Oladipo was pushing for minutes and, and he had to kind of let a Aflalo go to, to give him those minutes. And I think they didn't anticipate Evan Fournier being as good as he was. Uh, but uh, I think that the role Aflalo is going to play now is going to really suit him and, and, and help him not revitalize his career, but kind of keep, keep himself going for a little while longer.
1: So my thing is, I think, and this is just based on the new, the press the semi press conference he had um, when he came back he certainly sounds like he's gearing up to be more like a player coach and then also thinking about life after basketball in Orlando mm-hmm. and i'm like i mean that kind of like you said he was just he's just glowing about Orlando every day and i just i don't know where it came from his I, his instagram
0: it's, account is literally just Everything – I love Orlando so much. Yeah, like so if you're a Orlando Magic season.
1: fan and you want some, like, positive anything about Orlando, just go to Aaron Falls page, and he's he'll hook you up, man. I, I mean, I don't know where it came from, but it's great. It, I mean, I love it. I enjoy it. Yeah. It's nice to see a player actually be excited to be here. That's nice. Um But as far as, like, his role, preserving his career, it's possible because he might not play at all. Like, I wouldn't be – like. I think his big thing to be here is just to try to push Mario Hazonia. and because Mario really like he fits the role of what Orlando wants out of his guys, athletic, long guys that are multi-skilled and positional. While Mario just has to prove that he can shoot the freaking ball. He just has to make shots. Yeah, just that's all. Make a shot. Make shots. Just make a shot like the first season. Just, in the first season, he didn't even shoot that. It was like thirty-five percent and forty-three like percent. Yeah. We would we would kill to get forty-three percent, forty-five percent. Would be good.
0: Um, yeah the kid just needs confidence
1: just yeah and i think that's what aaron's here for right now is to push mario and mario's probably looking at his nba career on the line because if you can't beat out 30 some year old aaron aflo who can't defend anymore your nba career probably isn't going to be lasting too much longer and i think mario's up to the challenge and i hope he is because i think that he's still a really big wild card for the magic if he can turn into even just a plus shooter defender and, I mean, that's not too far to no possibility. He showed a lot of improvement defensively during the season last year.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and I think a Aflalo has really improved as a three-point shooter since the last time.
1: Absolutely. I think he now hits from both corners at, like, an extremely high efficiency. I think it was, like, over 40% from both corners. Yeah,
0: as long as long as long his foot's not on the line this time. Yeah, please, oh, my God. No yep. more no more stories. Aflalo threes, please. Um. <laughs> The Aaron Aflalo Memorial, foot on the line three pointer, uh, but like, yeah, <laughs> Magic I mean, cards. <laughs>
1: yeah. Uh, I I, mean,
0: I think a Flallow is just is, is really just an interesting signing at a minimum contract. Absolutely, bring him in, bring him in, have yeah, him have him, pl- have him compete, have him play, have him help with one do two. I mean, I, I think we all look for
1: presence. Prefer-
0: yeah, I mean, like I said, I felt like the year they let a and Jameer Nelson go was just a year too soon. I think they still sense, needed yeah. them in the locker room. Just just, they, they needed that veteran guy. Um, they, they, they got
1: Ben the Gordon. Come on.
0: Oh, that's true. I forgot about him. <laughs> uh, but no, I mean, Will Ben Green? Gordon, Ben Gordon and the preseason revenge tour is still my favorite thing in the world. But, uh, <laughs> uh, did people still know about the Ben Gordon preseason revenge tour? I, I would guess do. not. I the feel magic, like a lot of
1: Magic have fallen. The magic, a lot of Magic fans have disappeared yeah, since I think that. that
0: was more of an inside joke between me and the other writers. But, like, <laughs> they played the Hornets and the Pistons in the preseason, and Ben Gordon had big games against them. Uh, or, or Ben Gordon looked good against them, and so we joked that it was the Ben Gordon preseason revenge tour, and then he had his best game in a Magic uniform, and a comeback went over the Hornets.
1: Uh, oh, good so times. I remember oh,
0: yeah. So it was just like, oh, Ben Gordon, Ben Gordon's having his preseason revenge tour. Um <laughs> The last guy, last guy we need to talk about is Sheldon Mack. Um, pro- probably an improvement over D.J. Augustine, right?
1: You know, <laughs> you know, yeah, D.J. last year for sure because D.J. last year was one of the most sad things I've witnessed. Yeah. And it's weird because he was ne- never I've never seen D.J. Augustine – and I've actually watched quite a bit of D.J. Augustine. I've never seen him play that way before where he just kind of dribbled aimlessly for a very long time. I want to blame a lot of it on the offense, but, like, I don't understand why – DJ is a very fast player. I don't understand why he couldn't run, and he never ran last year. And I don't know what it was. Defense, I didn't expect it. Shooting, well, I didn't expect 35% from, like, I think it was 35% from 3, 37% overall. So, yeah, it was it was a bad year for DJ, but I wouldn't count him out for competing with Shelvin Mack again because the Magic dude desperately need shooting. Like, I know they shined Shelvin Mack with the intention of him. Probably playing over DJ, but like if the Magic can, if the, DJ looks good in camp and stuff like that, it's going to be pretty enticing for the Magic to try to build up his value and then trade him if they can um, get him off the books. And it, I, there's a lot of teams that are lacking a point guard in the NBA right now. that I'm surprised haven't even sniffed. D, well, not surprised, I guess, because he was so bad last year. But like, if you rebuild, still, it,
0: his contract is still hard.
1: It's like what three twenty one, I think. That's not three, that's three not years, awful. Three,
0: yeah, three years left at like twenty. 23 million
1: it's not terrible if he plays like old DJ he's got it he's got to look better it's to rough to get some value yeah again. exactly it's rough to get 35 percent from the field dj augustine but
0: and and i'm and i, I kind of feel that and i don't know how you feel about this but um dj augustine to me uh just does not fit the way the magic want to play anymore i don't uh, oh
1: nope. i don't
0: see him as an up-tempo point guard
1: well, he I don't under like, he should be able to play up tempo like he that's what he did in like in Denver he was a very up tempo point guard and in college at Texas he was pretty much the fastest point guard in the NCAA at that point yeah I don't know why he doesn't run I just I don't know why he doesn't he definitely doesn't run but I don't know why he doesn't because he can yeah um Shelvin that, Mack is I think Shelvin Mack slower but he's significantly more explosive stronger. Obviously, he can switch on defense. I mean, those are things that DJ can't do, just just can't do that Shelvin Mack can. And so the only thing I worry about Shelvin Mac is he shoots like 31% from three, and that's not yeah, really he's great. Yeah, he's not a magic. good
0: shooter. He's a great mid-range uh, shooter, but he's not a good yeah. three-point shooter.
1: So I guess they're just hoping that he can run the pick and roll uh, It would be my guess. I don't really want them to just run a pick and roll with the center because that's all I did last year and it went nowhere. Because when Biz is your backup center, you don't have, it's the, space. Not really you don't much have the
0: spacing to create driving lanes because everyone no, just yeah. sinks into the paint. Um, yeah, it's, you know, it's yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. Uh, just just to begin wrapping things up up here, uh, you know, we talked generally about the summer at the beginning of, of the show, and, and I think most of us like what the Magic did this summer. There's, it's obviously not a complete picture as far as what the team's going to look like. Uh, you know, we talked a little bit about season expectations, but, you know, kind of, I guess, you know, you hinted you hinted at it, so I'll put you on the spot a little bit here. Yeah. What is the next step for the Magic? I mean, obviously you got to let things play out and see how guys fit together and all that, but... It does sound like you definitely have a, a, in mind what the mag- where the Magic should go or, or who the Magic should move next.
1: Well, Phil, I am glad <laughs> that you asked that question. <laughs> uh, it would be that number nine character on the Magic would be where I'd start with moving. Uh, I've been on this train for years, but Vujovic yes, yeah. does not fit the modern NBA whatsoever. And people were like, oh, he could play the N S Kanter role. I mean, yeah, that's I back, But that's a backup rule. That's not starting. But I want to point out that, first of all, Ennis Cantor gets repeatedly exposed in the playoffs, mind you. Yes. Not that the Magic have and even And the, the playoffs, th- and, and but he it, does.
0: Yeah. And not to – not to inter- I mean, sorry I'm interrupting you. Yeah, but go, go the ahead, Thunder, yeah. The Thunder are trying to trade him too. I mean, I, I think yeah. – I mean, yeah. we'll, probably, I mean we'll, we'll probably get into this now, but Vucevic is a player in a market with a lot of similar players. I mean, between Jalil Okafor, Greg Monroe – Ennis Kanter, and Nikola Vucevic, you got virtually the same guy.
1: And I'm sitting here telling you that I would take every one of those guys except for maybe Cantor because Cantor's contract is bigger. Yeah. Because uh, the thing, too, is Cantor is a significantly better rebounder, if I'm not mistaken, and he's also way more efficient than Vucevic. Vucevic he's a is a better, actually he's a, better, a highly, highly inefficient player. center. Like, people Vuce, don't really yes. like to believe it, but he actually is a very highly inefficient center. I mean, um, I'm,
0: I'm I'm probably higher on Vucevic than you, but yeah, Vucevic is a is a mid range jump shooter. Um, he, he not he he's he allergic
1: should, to contact. He should allergic. play in the
0: post a lot more than he does, and, and he
1: hates the post and he hates driving he off of his mid range face up game. And it's like that's that's if you're gonna shoot a billion mid ranges, at least set up the drive on the mid range once in a while. Yeah, just and, once I mean, in a and, while. And, and,
0: and, and obviously, Vucevic produces. He does score a lot of points. He does get his rebounds. He gets his numbers. But uh, I mean, I, somebody
1: is going to get those numbers yeah. on a bad team. They always do. I've
0: been, I mean, always. I've been, I've been in this boat for a very, very, for at least a few years now with Vucevic, and that is, it's, it's very difficult to find a starter caliber center in this league, or at least a center that can, that can start reliably. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I, remember watching the Magic from from the ninety-seven season to two thousand to the two thousand four season.
1: Do you Magic remember Stephen Hunter? Score. Oh man, Stephen Hunter,
0: Stephen Hunter was my guy. Hunter was my guy. I, am a, I am a Stephen Hunter stand. But yeah, he was, yeah
1: I am too. Yeah, I, he was the, he was my hope. I was like, oh man, he could dunk the ball. Oh, yeah. I like that. The block like, shots. Can dunk. Yeah, that's, it. Was great. That's uh, and then we got all Dwight all Howard. Thank do. God.
0: Yeah. Um. But yeah, no, I'm, am a Stephen Hunter stand still. Uh. But uh, and and I will, I will, uh, and as I've told many, many people since the Darko military thing came out on E60, I will defend Magic Darko to the death. He magic was good. Magic Darko was, was an NBA player.
1: He was. He was legitimately useful, and he even said that that was, I think, in a, like a long form interview last year. He said that he actually re- enjoyed basketball in Orlando for the first time in a long time that he yeah. enjoyed it again. Yeah, which something surprised like me because he looked like he was motivated and was actually skilled.
0: Yeah, he got paid. He, I mean, he got paid off of it. The mat, it just didn't come from Magic. Um, yeah, just because they were going in the Dwight direction and they wanted Tony Bati that much. Uh, but that man was Batman was full cool too. Uh but um but essentially with Vucevic, back to Vucevic now. Uh yeah. essentially with Vucevic, my whole thing has been he is a he is a starter caliber center, so you don't just give that up unless you have his replacement in place. And I think what you hinted at and what I certainly believe too, Bismack Biombo can start theoretically. I feel comfortable with Bismack Biombo as a starting center.
1: Hold on, Phil. Let me throw you a curveball here. Throw me a curve Kem Birch a curveball then. is the starter. That's that's who should be the starter. Uh, I'm not. I'm not there yet. It. I, I need I'm to, so. I, I've been there, Phil. That's my to, I angle. I, I planted to, that flag in like 2013. I need to see that's him play. play.
0: I need to see him play first. <laughs> not not in EuroBasket. I need to or in Euro league. I need to see him play in an NBA game.
1: I just want my center to be able to catch the ball, dunk it, rebound, and block shots. That's all I want. That's all I want my center to do. Yeah. I don't even care about anything else. That's it. Unless he's like, you know, I mean, it's great if you send us Carl Anthony Towns, but not everybody sends Carl Anthony Towns. I'll take Tristan Thompson.
0: Yeah, no, I'd, I'd take Tristan Thompson, too, on this team. I think he'd, he'd be good uh, for them, too, which hint, hint, wink, wink, goes to the other thing that's going on this summer that we don't need to talk about. Um, but, uh, <laughs>
1: yeah, well, we skipped. We, we had to just skip over that. How'd that happen?
0: Because it's not going to happen. That's how.
1: Yeah, yeah, you're right. That You're absolutely right on that, on that count, at least.
0: Um, But, yeah, but, like, I mean, I'm in the same boat with Alfred Payton, too. You don't – I mean, Alfred Payton can start. Are you going to win with him as your starter? Probably not.
1: Yeah. But I mean, he
0: can start. So. Well, at
1: this point too, like there, there has been no better option than Alfred Payton on yes. the market since like the first two weeks. And like unless you're trading for somebody and you exactly. really like love yourself some Reggie Jackson, which I, I uh, love myself some Reggie Jackson if he didn't have arthritis in his knees. But since he does, I think I'm pretty much out on that one.
0: Exactly. Uh, so I mean, it's def, it, you know, the Magic are kind of stuck in a bind with with those two a little bit, but uh, you know, I think that the Ma- I mean, w- what's next for me for the Magic is continuing to explore ways to get better. You know, just you know, you've got I, you've, you, the 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 other benefit of the depth that you spoke about earlier in the show is it allows you to package players to get better players.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, like you can absolutely you can take maybe Terrence Ross trade-
0: and. Aaron Aflalo and DJ Augustin and that's a 20 that's a 17 million dollar player you can take back
1: yeah and you know you give them that 2020 OKC pick that will assuredly be a freaking two second rounders and trade that as a sweetener exactly um I mean and and a touch on it too like I think the biggest thing for the Magic is just to kind of establish the identity in the culture of the team. And in order to establish the identity in the culture of the team, you have to trade the guys that don't fit the identity. And like Vucevic is number one. But like, if we're going to be real honest here, Evan Fournier does not fit what they're trying to do anymore either. He's not a multi-positional think, athletic defender. I think
0: he is. Evan Fournier is a tweener in a bad way.
1: Yeah, he is. He matches too, up ideally with threes because he's got the same foot speed, but he he's can't too small, defend he's them. Too he's too small he's too to
0: small. guard threes. He's too slow to guard twos.
1: Yeah, and that's that's a and real big issue.
0: Yeah, and it's not that, again, it's not that these are necessarily bad players. They obviously can contribute, but it's yeah. about the fit. The role. And that's always yeah. been the struggle for the Magic since they started this rebuild was figuring out the right fit. And I think you're absolutely right. I think this season, more than anything else, and I think I've said this elsewhere, is more about figuring out what works and what doesn't and beginning to take steps toward creating what works. And... I th- yeah,
1: go ahead. I think you're absolutely right. And people – that's why I've been trying to tell people you have to be patient. And yeah. I think this front office is going to be patient. And I know fans are like, patient. We've been patient for it's this many years, years, blah, years, blah, blah, yeah, blah, yeah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, okay. We've all been there. We know. Like we're all Magic fans. We, kinda, we know we've that we has been going we've on the whole dudes. time. Yeah, and it's just like the thing is, look what happens when you stop being patient. The front office stopped being patient the last two years or one and a half years, I guess. And now the Magic are in a bigger hold than they've been in since Dwight was traded initially. So just be patient. Just let, just live it out. Just let it go. Let's let Jeff Weltman do his job. John Hammond do his job. Just please, for the love of God, those two don't overpay somebody. That's not good because I don't want a Greg Monroe contract on here.
0: Well, the good news with Greg Monroe is he's just got one year left on his deal. So
1: That's true. I will swap boots. And, with I'm, Monroe. and I'm a
0: Moose guy. I like Moose.
1: He was a lot better last year. He, he was. was a lot better def- defensively I, last year.
0: I, I would not be surprised if there are a few nibbles at him, you know, ahead of Vooch for sure, because more more because of the contract. But but he he took he took a nice step up last year. Um, you know, I, I I'm, I'm 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 a Greg Monroe guy, um, but I, I think I'm alone on that island. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, it's it's I think you're I think you're right. It is a year for patience. Um, you know, I've, I've said this many times on this show that uh, that this year the result kind of is irrelevant because the Magic are going to learn something either way. They're going to either know that, okay, we have something that can grow and build into a playoff team because we improved and looked better and we competed for a playoff spot whether we made it or not, or, okay, we know this this and this doesn't work because we had another stinky season and we're back in the lottery, but, hey, we're going to get a player that fits our culture again and begin continuing to bring in guys that are who we want to be eventually. So, I, I, like, a good season or a bad season, I think either way, the Magic improved because of it.
1: And, yeah, I think you, that people need to keep in mind that it's they're not exclusive. They don't – like, the Magic can be patient and still actually be good and compete mm-hmm. for a playoff spot this season. Like, that's not impossible. I wouldn't bank on it, but it's not impossible for that to happen. So, I mean, you know, just like I said – Everyone just needs to keep an open mind and hopefully that the magic are a little bit more willing to experiment with uh, their players that don't fit so much this year. And it, it helps the team out in the long run.
0: Yep. I, th- I think that is uh, exactly how we should close the show. Uh, Zach, I want to thank you for coming on to locked on magic. Uh, once again, always good to have you on the pod. I know uh, people, I know every, I, I like having you on uh, definitely good to get, uh, get your perspective on the team. Uh, tell everyone where, where they can find you on, on the internet.
1: You can find me on at, on Twitter at former tank commander. Uh, that's a F-M-R-T-A-N-K-C-O-M-M-A-N-D-R, and each start of the word is capitalized.
0: Awesome! Thank. Uh, definitely check check him out, and you can of course check him out on OrlandoMagicDaily.com as well. Uh, I'll get my uh, my piece in here. You can of course. Follow me on Twitter at underscore omd And, of course, follow Orlando Magic Daily on Twitter at omagicdaily, as well as like us on Facebook at Orlando Magic Daily. You can also subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Audioboom, Stitcher. Tune in all the fun places that you download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. Uh, and, of course, you can follow the podcast on Twitter at LockedOnMagic, as well as like us on Facebook at LockedOnMagic. And, of course, final announcement here. 2 p.m. on Thursday, I'll be doing a Facebook Live over on the Locked On Podcast Network's Facebook page. That's facebook.com slash pods. I'll be doing my uh, Facebook Live at 2 p.m., so be sure to join and uh, interact with me live on on that format as well. And, of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. Zach, I want to thank you again for coming on and recapping the Magic's offseason season. Uh, with with us, we'll definitely have you on before the season starts and uh, rehash a lot of these things as as we finally uh, when we finally get a chance to actually see some of these players play.
1: And the jerseys, I can't wait. Yes,
0: jerseys that that that'll happen soon. I I assume, hopefully before the schedule. Um, that'd be I nice. I hope so. Schedule's supposed to come out next week, I think. Yeah. Um, but we'll we'll wait for that on on pins and needles. Uh, but for Zach Palmer. For Philip Rostenreich of Orlando Magic Daily and Locked On Magic. Thank you all again for listening. I'll see you all again tomorrow on another episode of Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every
1: day.